Great to be with you today again. If we haven't met, my name is Danny Butcher. I'm our creative arts pastor, so you see me on the stage leading worship some weeks, and we have an incredible worship team behind me, and you see me today preaching, and we we do a lot of fun things at the church, and we've had a, a great amount of volunteers working hard on many different things we're doing throughout this Christmas season, whether it's a ladies' Christmas dinner dessert that we had on Friday, which like 400-some-odd ladies came to. It was packed. Um, our Christmas tree lighting, which I think the official count was 274 or something along there. Um, and then um, we have our kids' Christmas party coming up. But one of the things, as we started our series last week, this is the first Sunday of Advent. So we started our series last week. We had bookmarks that we passed out to everybody in the room. So our ushers are going to uh, look for you. If you did not receive one of the bookmarks with the Advent reading, would you raise your hand? And they would love to pass you some. We got quite a few. So boys... Your work's cut out for you. So, um, but we are excited to kick off this Advent season. And just a reminder, Christmas Eve, we have two Sunday morning services. That's a little bit different this year because Christmas Eve is a Sunday, but a 9.30 and 11 on Christmas Eve. But we are so thankful for what God is doing here. Um, as we start, or as I start this morning, I want to take a look and I'll read, as we've already read this morning, Isaiah 9, 6. Again, and it says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. A powerful scripture that we hear many different times, that we see in many different ways. But I want to give you a little bit of context here about this verse. Isaiah is writing this in part to rebuke or to confront God's people. God's people have been running in disobedience for a long time. The leaders are looking to serve themselves and their own pleasures. The people of God are living in great darkness because they are searching to serve themselves. What Isaiah is doing, he's calling them back as a reminder. And the powerful part of this is it's also foretelling of Jesus to come. Jesus had not come yet, and he's saying, you may be destitute. You may be far from God, but God is not far from you. And that matters today for us. You may feel broken like you have no hope today, but God is not far. God is near and he cares about you. And just as it mattered to God's people thousands of years ago to say the Messiah is coming and through him he will be the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Today we remember those and we remind ourselves of what he has done, but also his return and what we believe. But today we're going to talk about the wonderful counselor. Now, what do you think of when you hear the phrase wonderful counselor? Maybe 
maybe it, 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 it spurs some Christmas memories for you because we, we use this verse in many different things. But one of the things that come to me, if you, or reminds me, if you were raised in the church, the 1982 hit by Amy Grant, Emmanuel, right? That wonderful counselor. And there's some great like 80 synth behind it. And uh, I was listening to it this week and I was like, oh, that's awesome. But, and that, uh, that's what comes to mind for me, honestly. And I just have to give a quick PSA. This is not the album it's from, but this album that you'll see, you can find on Spotify, other places. This came out in 1992. And if you were raised in the eighties and nineties like me, there's a good chance your mom played this in the house all Christmas season for like 20 years. And my mom still listens to it every year. And I hated the album because I just heard it so much. But I will confess, it's probably one of the greatest Christmas albums of all time. So um, I'd encourage you, if this isn't a part of your Christmas listening, um, I'd really encourage you uh, to listen. It, it's, it's wonderful. But that's what I think about when I hear the word wonderful counselor. Uh, what else might we think of when we hear wonderful counselor? Maybe think about counseling. Maybe you think about seeing a counselor. Maybe you think about a bearded guy in a cable knit sweater asking you about your childhood. Shout out Chuck Kinman for those, if anybody remember. But, but we, you know, like maybe that's what you think of, right? Maybe, maybe there's other things that come to your mind when you're thinking about wonderful counselor. But here's the problem sometimes when we read the Bible. We always look at the Bible with our own eyes. And so we read this as like, oh, he's a good counselor. He gives good advice. That sounds nice, and it is, but it is so much more than merely the Savior giving us some good advice that maybe we choose to follow and maybe we don't. See, what is Isaiah talking about? A better translation of the phrase wonderful counselor is actually um, a wonder of a counselor or a too-good-to-be-true counselor. Right? And again, it's not a, hey, uh, you just go to counseling and maybe you see for a few sessions and maybe Jesus gives you some good advice. It's really timeless wisdom that is transformational, that is beyond what you and I can fathom, beyond what you and I can think of. There is a God of the universe who cares about what you face, and He is giving you good counseling, good counsel. Good advice. He is drawing you and saying, my ways are greater than your ways. He's saying, my wisdom, my counsel, my knowledge, they are mind-blowing. And we see that in and through Jesus. Oftentimes we wonder what God looks like or what God sounds like, God the Father. But may we be reminded today, let's look at Jesus Jesus is the word of God. Jesus is the example of how God feels about you and about me. And his proclamation and his truth are the things that we we rely on. But the problem with this idea of wonderful counselor, again, we kind of think, like, I go to counseling for a little bit, and, and I have gone to counseling. And let me encourage you, it's incredibly valuable. I think you should. I think you should. But oftentimes, again, we think of it like maybe I'll go for a little bit. Maybe I'll get God's advice for a little bit, and then I'll go on my way. Because oftentimes, we really feel like we're smart, and we know a lot. In this age of information, it feels like I know so much. But really, I don't know that much. I just know how to Google things. My youngest son, Moses, asks me random questions all the time. He's nine years old. And we'll just be anywhere and be like, how, long, how tall is a space needle? And I'm like, I don't know, bud. It could be 60 feet. It could be 600 feet. It could be 6,000. 
Google it. Like, we, we, I don't know. And so often we don't really know things anymore. We just know where to find in the information. And, and maybe you also think, like, maybe you're not just Google smart, but you're YouTube smart. Anybody in the room a certified YouTube mechanic? Here's the thing, if that YouTube video is longer than 15 minutes, I'm like, either that guy's trying to sell me something or this is way too over my head. Like, I can follow instruction. I may not even know what I'm doing, but I can follow. And oftentimes, even like with GPS, I feel like I'm pretty good with direction, except if I'm following GPS. Anybody found that true? Like, if I follow GPS to get somewhere, I'm like, I don't even know where I am. I need GPS to get back to where I came from. We know so little, yet we feel like we know so much. You and I think we are so smart and we are so wise, but so did God's people when Isaiah was saying this. They thought they had everything figured out. They thought they were special. I think I'm special. I think I got things figured out. I think, I think okay, God, you can worry about other people because I have my life together. Let me encourage you, if you don't think you need God, he is still here and he is still inviting you. He is here and he is gracious. I love what the psalmist writes in Psalm 139 says this. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Referring to the wisdom of God. It is too wonderful. He is too good a counselor for me. I I can't understand it. It is beyond me. But here's the deal. We might even say we believe. We might even say that we trust the wisdom of God. But it is our natural inclination to say one thing and do another thing. I mean, isn't that one of the dangers of like on a Sunday morning when us all-knowing pastors, right, in quotes, we say something like, hey, you really got to go love your neighbor, Oh, that's great. And then you go home, and on your way on I-5, you get cut off by somebody in the, on the freeway, and you're like, man, I hope all their tires blow. And you're like, right? I mean, that's just, it's, that's our wisdom. That's our response. We don't trust the wonderful counselor, but why don't we trust the wonderful counselor? What are the reasons we don't trust the wonderful counselor. You'll find this. The first one is this. His ways don't seem to make sense. God, are you sure? And I mean, we can use the quick example of like, he knows what tomorrow holds. I should probably listen to him today because I don't know what tomorrow holds. But what he asks us to do today doesn't make sense. And to encourage you, read the Bible. It happens over and over again. That doesn't make sense. But the people that responded in kind and responded in obedience found themselves in the will and blessing of God. Next thing is this. This is another reason why we don't trust the wonderful counselor. We think we know better. When you pray, how often do you just tell God what to do? And maybe you like, maybe you kind of phrase it in a way that makes it sound like, like I'm not telling God what to do, but God, this is what you need to do. How often do we think we know so much better? And finally, we look at this. God doesn't, this is another reason we don't trust him. God doesn't do what we tell him to do. God, if you would just, 
do this for me. I, I've referred to it a couple times, but there's that Garth Brooks song, I Praise God for Unanswered Prayers. He talks about wanting to marry this girl in high school, and he realizes had God answered that prayer, he would have missed the blessing that would come much later. And knowing a little bit about Garth Brooks, he probably didn't even write it. It was just his song, and it's a good message, right? That reminder, but, but we think we know better. I think I know better. You think you know better. God, would you just, Lord, Lord, this time, this time, do it differently this time. And we miss out on an opportunity to trust God. See, God is not just here to listen to our complaints. God is not just here to be, to, to, to do or to answer our prayers in the exact way we tell him to. We want him to listen and we want him to respond, but God is drawing us and he is inviting us to listen to him and inviting us to obey him. Maybe there's somebody in the room today where you feel like God is really asking you to take a step of faith. Let me encourage you. He's gonna be with you if that's what he's asking you to do. Maybe today you feel like God asked you to do something and you disobeyed. Let me encourage you. He's still with you. God's love for you does not depend upon your obedience, but I will say experiencing what God has for us is incredible in light of our obedience. God, I'm operating the way that you have called me to operate. God, I'm living in a way you have designed me to live. God is drawing us, but God, but he's not just here to satisfy your and my selfishness. My will and my desires, as much as I wish it wasn't, is full of my self-preservation. Let me, let me throw this out there. There is not one person in this room that thinks about Danny Butcher more than Danny Butcher. I think about myself all the time. Don't get me wrong. I think I'm pretty great, but but I think about myself all the time and I don't think about you more than you think about you. Our will, our desires is they're obsessed with ourselves. But God is drawing us because he knows your selfishness isn't good for you. He knows that prayer you're asking him to pray or you're asking him to to answer and respond to is just really your way to kind of get something that's self-serving. Oh, Lord, I want to serve people so I can pat myself on the back. Lord, I'm going to post on social media how I'm really, you know, I'm serving this person, but I'm paying attention to all the likes I get. Right? It is is natural. That is who we are. And we need to trust that God knows more than we do. I love what James, the brother of Jesus, says in James chapter 3. He says, but the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. It's a brother of Jesus declaring this truth. And as we hear that, as we are reminded of the pure wisdom of God, the hard part is it feels strange to us. It feels strange to us to obey, right? It it feels off to our selfish, self-serving minds. 
Here's my main point this morning. It's this. Trusting God will feel unnatural. It will feel unnatural. It will seem unnatural. And you might say, well, no, Danny, it's really natural. The point is this. In our selfish nature, in our self-absorbed desires and will, submitting to the will of God and trusting him feels unnatural. Why? Because you know what's natural? Selfishness, pride, anxiety, worry, fear. That's what's natural. That's what we know. Do you wake up tomorrow if you're struggling with something, maybe anxiety, and you're going, man, oh, what did I forget to worry about today? It's, it's there. But the hard part, a lot of times the disconnect is, is it feels like trusting God is unnatural because it is unnatural. But that does not mean it is not good and it is not right. We look at so much of our life anticipating that everything's just going to fall into place. But you and I operate differently. You and I operate with our selves first. So let me ask you this today. Are you tired of trusting in yourself? Are you tired of trusting in yourself? Our culture and society puts everything on our own shoulders. You know, if I just work hard enough, I can accomplish this. If, if I just, if I do everything perfectly, then I am going to get the things that I want in life. But let me encourage you today with this maybe discouraging thought. When you think that everything is on your shoulders or you place everything on your shoulders, that might work for you as long as you're perfect. Let me speak from experience here. When you've placed everything on your shoulders and you fail, that's soul crushing. That's soul crushing. And if we, we pay attention to our society, this is a very natural and common thing. Like, we see this all the time. Like, we have to trust in ourselves. We have to believe in our true self. I just need to find my true self. And so we look for many different ways to find our true self. But it is crippling because we will find a hundred different ways to try to express ourselves to try to find acceptance, to try to find comfort, to try to solve our own anxieties, our frustrations, our fears. But let me encourage you that God is for you. Jesus, our wonderful counselor, is drawing you to him and saying, hey, it's not all on you. Powerful work of Jesus is he placed all of that on him. He who is without sin and did not deserve punishment took our sin and our punishment for us. And, and if we respond to him and we welcome him and surrender to him in our lives, his goodness, his mercy, his grace, the presence of God, his righteousness is imparted to us and we don't deserve it. 
Let me encourage you, if you think everything is on your shoulders today, aren't you tired? Aren't you tired? And even to be honest, as pastors, it's really easy to do this. It's really easy to do this because we have the opportunity to take, you know, serving God. It feels very spiritual that we work in this building and, oh, I have everything figured out. But, but, but we look at it and, and we confuse ourselves like, man, it's all up to us. I'm the one that has to solve these problems. It is so easy, not just for you to do that, but I'm not going to speak for the other pastors here, even though I will. But for me, it is so easy for me to say, I have it all. I got it, I got it. Nobody else is gonna serve like this. Nobody else is gonna care like this. Nobody else is gonna respond. I am the one that you can depend on. Telling myself, Danny, you are the one that you can depend on. Maybe you're tired of trusting God today. Or maybe you're scared to trust God. Maybe you've never entertained the idea Let me encourage you. He's a gracious God that's inviting you. He's inviting you and saying, give it a try. Give me something. Respond. Surrender. Oftentimes, again, we're scared. And I'd encourage you, because I believe in the God of the universe, give him something. Take a step and trust in him. Respond today. What's another common response if if we're looking at how trusting God feels unnatural is this. You say you trust in God, but your actions prove otherwise. This is an easy trap for, if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, this is an easy trap for you to fall into. Oh yeah, I trust them. I trust them. Your actions look completely different. Yeah, God, I'm with you. My actions look completely different. God, give me your grace and your patience and you're losing your mind with your kids. Lord, Lord, I depend on you in everything and you go right to work and you go, I'm the only one who can solve my problems. I think we all fit into these three different categories. If we're tired of trusting ourselves, if, if we are scared to trust God, and if we're realizing that we've said for a long time we trust God, and maybe, maybe we have for seasons and in moments, but God is inviting you to trust him on a regular basis. Let me even encourage you with this. Maybe today you're like, oh, Danny, I already figured this out. <sighs> Let me be honest. As the guy who wrote this sermon, if you're saying, oh, I don't need to be reminded to trust God, I would wonder if you do. Much like if you don't think you need to repent, ah, there's probably some things you need to repent if you, I don't need to hear more about the love of God, Danny. Let's get into this. No, no, no. If that's not a big deal to you, then I think you're missing the point. If you're not reminded today in this Christmas season, as we, some maybe are facing really difficult things, as this is a season and a time that reminds us of heartache, reminds us of people we're missing. God is inviting you in your pain to trust him anyway. Again, but trusting God feels natural because what is natural is heartache, anxiety, depression, feeling all alone. I invite you today, trusting God. We're going to close with a song here in, in just a moment. But I love this C.S. Lewis quote. 
says, he says this, we trust not because a God exists, but because this God exists. We don't trust because a God exists, but because this God exists. Because the wonderful counselor exists. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace exists. I, I mean, I've just been, I've been chewing on that quote so much because oftentimes I, rem, I try to con, like configure who God is and I try to wrap my mind around it and so often I just need to go, God, would you tell me about yourself? Would you tell me how I can rely upon you? Lord, I'm not seeking my wisdom, but I'm seeking your wisdom today. I'm going to invite you to stand with us. We're not done yet. But God is here and he's in this room and he cares about you and he's drawing you today. We're going to close with a song that that we've been singing in church for, I don't know, probably 10 years at this point. It's pretty simple, talking about the goodness of God and reminding ourselves of who he is, who he says he is. And I, I didn't necessarily plan on sharing this this morning, but I feel like the Lord is putting this on my heart. There was about six months ago, I had a lump on my throat and uh, on a lymph node, and I was like, oh, that's strange. And I tend to be a non-worrier. Now that, if you're a worrier today, let me encourage you. My non-worrying part of me isn't necessarily good either, but I'm a non-worrier for the most part. And uh, found out about it. My doctor said, hey, we got we to gotta get this checked out. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll be good, you know. God is with me. God is, I'm preaching my own sermons to myself. And so they go and they do an ultrasound. They say, hey, I think we have some cancer cells. We, we want to take another look at it. And my family and I, when we got that news, we were on vacation on a road trip this summer. And um, we work hard to include our kids in how we follow Jesus as parents. And um, I would love to say in that moment, again, I'm not really worrying about it, not really stressed about it. I'm like, oh, God, God is good. He'll be good no matter what. And I thought, we need to pray as a family because I just need to show my kids this process, that everything's okay. And to be honest, that prayer was not filled with a ton of faith. That prayer was just like, hey, this is the right thing to do. So my kids gathered around me, you know, 9, 11, 15, 17, and prayed over me. And it was a great opportunity. And a few weeks later, I went in and I met with the doctor and, and they, they did an ultrasound and I'm laying in the bed and one guy starts, he's looking at it. He calls in another doctor. They're looking at it. And I'm wondering what's going on in this, you know, okay, what's going on? And again, I'm just like, okay, what's the deal? Maybe, maybe it's no big deal. Maybe it's, maybe it's not quite cancerous. Or they're just saying like, hey, we're going to look at it. And they just stopped. They said, we don't know what to tell you. Either the last guy that did it is a complete idiot. Those are my words, not theirs, but it's gone and we can't explain it. And that's a powerful testimony, but can I 
can I share with you why that's so convicting? God bless me, and I had so little faith. I had so little faith. And God healed me, and that's incredible. And I called people, and I'm like, hey, I, I need to repent. God, God healed me. And, and again, I, have, I, have, I know people I love dearly that are suffering from cancer. I don't take that lightly in the slightest. And if you're suffering with that, our prayer team is going to be up here, and we want to pray for you. And God heals at times, and he doesn't heal at others. But let me tell you, I was so convicted because come rain or shine, I was like, ah, Lord, I'm fine. I'm fine. I got it. And in God's goodness, in my show of kind of fake faith, he healed me anyways. So I know this. Maybe you don't have everything figured out today. Welcome. Join the club. But that wonderful counselor that we feel abnormal to trust, unnatural to trust, he is inviting you because he is good. His character is good. His love, his grace, his forgiveness is good. You don't have to have everything figured out today. But I'd encourage you to take a step. Because back to that C.S. Lewis quote, we don't trust because a God exists. We trust because this God, the wonderful counselor, exists. Let me pray for us. And chapel, when I'm done, you guys will finish your, your time in traditions. Um, after we're done praying, I'd invite the prayer team to step up. And if you have something that you feel like you need prayer for, our prayer team wants to pray with you. They want to pray with you. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord Jesus, we trust you. Lord, and we're, even as we say that, we're reminding ourselves that we trust you. We trust you, Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if there's somebody today that says, I've never trusted the Lord, and I'm, I'm nervous about trusting the Lord, but I, I want to trust in Jesus for the first time today. I want to surrender my life to Jesus for the first time today. Would you raise your hand this morning? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you feel like, man... <laughs> I'm scared to trust God. Maybe he'll fail me like somebody else will. But you feel like God is calling you, drawing you to trust in him. Would you raise your hand this morning? We can lift you up. Yes, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, these hands raised, whether in this room or in the chapel or online, this morning, Lord, you see these hearts not hearts that have everything figured out. Hearts that are saying, Lord, we need you. We want to trust in you, Jesus. Have your way in your name. Amen. Amen. Invite the prayer team to come down. We'll sing the song. We'll close our service here in just a second.